Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes, never missing a single episode. And I thank you everybody for that. And please leave me a comment on iTunes. That's pretty much required at this point. I'm, I'm putting it out there, but... What I have for you here today is this part one of two, yet another two-parter, Rock Strikes Ten. This is kind of turning into a trend, but I think this one is very, very justified. Uh, a few episodes ago, I had my CNJ radio partner Chris on the show to discuss the music of Grand Theft Auto. I hope you enjoyed that. That's actually just a two, the second and third latest episode. And had a lot of fun, and lo and behold, it's already that time of year. It's Halloween time. So please welcome back to the show, Chris. Chris, say hello. Hi. How's it going? Going good, man. Good, good. Are, were you talking to everybody out there, I guess? I was but... talking to everyone, including you. Oh, well, thanks, man. Well, yeah. once again, I said this at the beginning of the Grand Theft Auto shows, but if I didn't have you on this episode, it would be completely stupid. <laughs> uh you well, hopefully it won't be stupid because I am on it. So no, we'll, we'll, it, find it. we'll it, see. It never is. Right. So it's uh, let's do a two-parter. We're doing music tied into Halloween. Halloween kick off the show here today. I've never really actually come in cold with a song, but I have such a deep affinity for Halloween, the original, that I just let's let's just do it that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the standard bearer of all. In my opinion, not just horror movie score, but film score. Oh, as far as the music, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's iconic. I mean, if you talk about horror movies and theme songs, then that's going to pop up nine times out of ten. Yeah. So. Yeah, you always hear, you know, all you got to do is hang out in a mall for about five yeah, minutes. Yeah, you're going to hear the like, cell phone. Yeah, the cell phone, especially this time of year. Yeah. But I would have it year-round. Yeah, but it's uh, like that and like tubular bells from The Exorcist are like probably the two most iconic themes I can think of of yeah. all time. Yeah, that, that's it. You nailed them both right there. Yeah. And yeah, the original Halloween, we're going to talk movies and music basically here yeah. on the show tonight, obviously. And this is all tied into horror movies, so the songs have to be either from a horror movie soundtrack or be a prominent part of the horror movie itself. Correct. And the original Halloween is in my top 20 movies of all time. Yeah, it. So. I mean, not just horror movies, but just movies in general, but I mean, it was the it wasn't the first quote slasher movie but yeah. it was the most iconic and it set the standard for everything that would come after yeah absolutely including friday the 13th and everything else exactly and i guess anything pre-halloween that i could recommend easily would be black christmas from 1974 yeah. that that thing just i watch it every year and it still yeah. hit, kills yeah. me it's great it, it also set the standard for like the holiday horror movies that got really stupid and horrible yeah and it was the first per <laughs> the first first person yeah yeah know? yeah the first person shot was born in that yeah. movie yeah and uh so yeah anyway so many things that look cliche when you watch that movie now yeah that that's it's cliche because that's where it started yeah, but if you saw that movie in 1974 when it came out, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Because you had zero reference for a movie Yeah, you like had that. no idea. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Have you... Did you did you watch that Bravo list, like, 
over 10 years ago, I think, where they had the 100 scariest movies yeah. of all time. Yeah. And they had Olivia Hussey on there, who was the the star, the starlet of mm-hmm. Black Christmas. And she was like, I did a film with Steve Martin, like, years yeah. ago, called Roxanne. And Olivia Hussey was, we've all seen her, even if you haven't seen Black Christmas, anybody that went to school saw the 60s version of Romeo and Juliet. Right. Yeah. And they had to turn the TV to the side for the nude scene. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what happened in my class. <laughs> But maybe some of you got lucky, I don't know. But she was like, I did a film with Steve Martin called Roxanne in the 80s. And he came, this is my great British accent that I like to do on the show. And he came up to me, and he was like, and I get this all the time, you're in my favorite movie of all time. And she goes, oh, and she just assumed. She Mm -hmm. goes, oh, Romeo and Juliet, well, thank you very much. And then Steve Martin goes, no, Black Christmas, I've seen it like 50 (laughs) times. (laughs) So that's why Steve Martin's one of the coolest people ever. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah, anyway, sorry, getting ahead of myself. So there you go, that was Halloween by John yeah. Carpenter. Yeah. And actually, here's my nerdy record review right here. By the remastered, I think it was like a 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary of the Halloween soundtrack. Because yeah. not only do you get the John Carpenter score in its entirety, they actually kind of put you along the film journey. It goes in order, just like the score does, but it actually puts in dialogue from the movie That's now. Cool. So that's a must own. I mean, yeah. I actually own both versions because I like to have here's my one with dialogue and one okay. without. So they're both great. So, but especially that reissue, I think you want to go for that a little bit more. Nice. So, ah, the remake, not so much. Yeah, don't watch the remake or the sequel to the remake because they're dumb. Yeah. What about recommending Halloween movies? You know, as as the series itself, the original series outside of that, uh, two. Two okay. Two was good. good. Two strayed from because the first one, well, the shape as he was credited in the first one, he uh, he was kind of almost really human. Yeah. Uh, up until the very last scene where he just disappears after getting shot. Yeah. You could think, all right, maybe he could have survived like getting stabbed in the eye with a coat hanger. Yeah. Um, but when two started, he became a superhuman and he was he couldn't be killed. Yeah. So, yeah. and then it then three went like. Three wasn't a bad movie, yeah. but it wasn't. They made a mistake of make putting Michael Myers in number two and then doing something completely different with three. Yeah, so. they wanted to do a Twilight Zone kind of series, yeah. basically, or you know, standalones. Yeah. And then four and five were they were kind of bad. Yeah. But and then it, I don't like the later ones, like H two O. I don't even count those. The other ones, I can't. I don't even know how they fit anymore. I've seen them like once a piece, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much one and two. That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. We're going to do some film reviews as the show yeah. goes on as well. So, moving on. The next song, Chris, uh, speaking of iconic horror films, and not just a horror film. Some people call it a horror comedy, but it's a very dark comedy if it is. I'm talking about 1981, the great John Landis, mm. American Werewolf in London. It's really a comedy. It really is, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty graphic in its horror but yeah. it's it's very much a comedy it, it scared the crap out of a lot of people yeah so uh, so yeah and I love it it's it's uh, one of John Landis's signatures he's got two signatures yeah. that he puts in his movies one of them is the phrase you know the famous phrase see you next Tuesday Wednesday Wednesday yeah that's alright that, that, that yeah. was good it's in everything he's ever done yeah. plus Frank Oz uh, yeah. Is also one of his signatures. Yeah, because <laughs> so. yeah, I remember seeing see next Wednesday from a Thriller is where I remember it the most. It's the first time we ever heard it, yeah. I'm sure, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I love this movie. I was telling Chris this before we went on the air. 
Like, if I rank movies, like, out of ten stars, there's very few films I'd give even a nine to. Yeah. American Werewolf in London is one of them. Yeah, I like it. I think you like it a little bit more than I do. It's been a while since I've seen it, yeah. but no, it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like put it up there with, like, Amadeus, you know. Wow. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's, they're, they're tied in star yeah. rankings with yeah. me. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's what I love about it, they basically took every song that had been about the moon or whatever up yeah. until that point, and they put yeah. all of them in the movie. Everything that they could get the rights to. Yeah. There's like three versions of Blue Moon. Yeah. But uh, one of the, you know, one of the bigger music cues in the whole film. And it's uh, Bad Moon Rising yeah. by Creedence Clearwater Revival. So, this is kind of the oddball of the show, and I, I like to play it here because, once again, from one of my favorite movies ever, and, of course, as we go through this two-parter here, it's going to be very hard rock and metal-oriented. So yeah. we're going to get you warmed up here with one of the original nighttime classics. This is Bad Moon Rising. just missed the top spot on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1969 from the album Green River that was Creedence Clearwater Revival, led of course by John Fogarty and that was Bad Moon Rising. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually, uh, it was a few years ago but uh, I went to a comic convention with my dad and we got to meet David Naughton so that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, he's yeah. got a, he's got a, the old VHS copy that my dad has is signed by David Naughton and he got a picture with him. So Very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. The I'm a pepper guy. Yeah. <laughs> Making it. Yeah. That was the other one. I, I'm trying to think of all the references to David Naughton I can do. <laughs> all right. 
Well, moving on here, and if you haven't guessed by now, which, how could you? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that everything that we pick is going to be in chronological order from part one to part two in film order. Yes. So some of these will not be chronological song-wise. Right. Uh, but we're going by film. But by the associated film's release date. Exactly. So that means we're moving uh, quite a few years ahead from 1981's American Werewolf in London. We go all the way to 1985. A couple of really cool, like, kind of cult underground horror films. One definitely more obscure than the other, especially in the States. Yep. But first off, we're going to talk about the one that has a little bit more of a name here in the States. And this is one of our personal favorites. We can definitely agree on this one. This is Return of the Living Dead, Chris. Ah, yes. What can you say about this movie? Um, it broke all what, the rules. What can't you say? And it's well, great because of it. That's one thing, yeah, now that you mention it, because I have the DVD with the, the commentary, and the director actually said that he intentionally broke the rules just so he would break the rules. Because, like, um, certain scenes where he should have done, like, there's a scene where uh, one of the girls is, like, walking by herself through a empty parking lot. And usually he said that, usually I would do, like, a close-up shot and build the tension, but he just did a wide shot. And so he intentionally did what people didn't expect in order to make this movie because he wanted to distance himself from Night of the Living Dead, which um, well, they even they reference it in the yeah, film. That's well, the thing. Yeah, but he wanted. Is this to make supposed it... to be a? Is it supposed to be a authorized sequel? No. I want to ask you about that. No, because um, one of the screenwriters actually worked on Night of the Living Dead, and the fact he wanted to make a movie but it was actually the first incarnation of it was too close so they said no you have to change it to make it to separate it because they were thinking that it was well is this a sequel or isn't it right. and so he he changed it up enough to where it was just a completely separate it has no connection with the other one they talk about it and they do say like you remember that movie where yeah. with the zombies yeah. and like this it was based on a true story right it's Romero produced though right no uh, Romero doesn't have anything to do with it? I don't think so, no. Wow. I always thought that he did. That's mm. interesting. But I uh, love this movie. I mean, you know, I, if you haven't seen it, you really need to go see it. We, we'll try not to spoil it too much, but it definitely, once again, it's I said... It's definitely a comedy horror. Um, oh, yeah. And I love Linnea Quigley basically playing Wendell Williams in yeah, this movie. She plays the character named Trash. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe, because uh, I've been referencing the plasmatics quite a bit, but the casting of Miguel Nunez Jr., Yeah. They basically, with with the punks, they basically casted a lookalike of the entire Plasmatics band oh, yeah. in that film. Nice. So go back, go go and look at a picture from the Plasmatics in 1984, yeah. and then go look at all of the punks. That's cool. From Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. It's it's a carbon copy, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Linnea's wearing tape on her nipples and, and just topless, if not like the whole movie. Yeah. So she eventually gets a jacket that she puts on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's pretty much naked throughout yeah. almost the entire thing. Linnea Quigley was a very important figure in our uh, budding youth. She was know. naked a lot. Yeah, <laughs> every movie she ever did. Yeah. That was and her. she's actually in another movie we were going to talk about in a little while, Naked. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I watch this movie all the time, like more than once a year. Just nice. I love it so much. I've probably seen this more than Night of the Living Dead. Actually, I'm positive I have. Yeah, me too. We're, we're of the ilk that it doesn't have to be in season horror, yeah. you know, October for us to watch yeah. a freaking horror movie. And I can quote, like, like when I'm watching the movie, like, I can recite the dialogue with it. It's so good. Yeah. Well, 
and also I gotta say this as far as horror movie soundtracks top to bottom this is one of the best you're ever gonna find yeah. I highly recommend it it's got a lot more punk and new wave than than metal actually but yeah. and this is this is actually considered more of a punk rock band but it's definitely more of a metal sounding song right so this is a band called 45 Grave and this is I think the most prominent song in the whole yeah, movie definitely. this is Party Time Return of the Living Dead soundtrack that was 45 Grave with Party Time. So many good bands on there. The Damned are on there. Rocky Erickson is on there. Austin Legend. Uh, the Cramps. It's just such a cool Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, the music is very much a part of the movie. It's another character in the movie is the music. Um, and yeah, I, I just love it. Clue Gulager is in it. He's great. Uh, yeah, he was the dad in one of the worst horror sequels of all time, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's yeah. Revenge. <laughs> that thing, we'll talk more Freddy in a little bit, but yeah. damn, that thing's terrible. I love that movie. And I remember Miguel Nunez uh, from that movie a lot, because around that same time, he was in one of the Friday the 13ths, and he played basically the same character. Yeah. he was Spider in Return of the Living yeah. Dead, and he played Demon in this other one. So I gotta tell you, you know, my favorite Miguel Nunez Jr., this has nothing to do with horror, but... Any, 
What's that? Juana Man? No. <laughs> Harlem Nights. Oh, uh, yeah. He's he's the guy that got his nose broken in the car oh, chase yeah. scene. You yeah. broke my nose, man! <laughs> yeah. I could do I could do that whole scene, but I'm not going. To. <laughs> but let's move on. Speaking of movies, and this is also from 1985, where the music is super prominent. Yeah, we're going to talk about a movie, and you 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 know a lot about this guy, Chris. I know you've seen a lot of his movies, but uh, Demons. Oh yeah, I mean, jeez. Uh, yeah, uh, let's talk uh, about that guy a little bit. Liberto Bava, I believe is how you pronounce it, is because this he was he was actually a protege of Dario Argento. Makes sense. And Argento produced Demons, but Lombardo, Lumberto Bava actually directed this, and I, I, I love this movie so much. The plot, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen it once. I, I know that's yeah. such a sin. I'm, you really? Sh- you've probably seen it like 20 times. I, I watch it every year. Nice. I actually just watched it recently. It These kids go to a movie. Yeah. And for I don't remember if it was for no reason, but... There's a reason. Okay. Yeah, um... But, yeah, help me out. D- don't spoil it too much, but I'll, just to set it up, you're the uh, first act. Yeah, there's two girls, like two college girls, and there's this really creepy guy with like this cyborg mask on that's like following one of them through the subway at the very beginning. Yeah. And it's like he's chasing her, and then she, he finally catches up to her, and he hands her a movie ticket. They're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so her and her friend go to this movie theater, and in the theater, would you go to that movie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're that person. I don't know. You might. Probably, yeah. You might. Um, in the theater, there's actually this mask that looks like a demon, and there's this other group of people that's kind of goofing off, and they put the mask on, and it cuts one of them. Yeah. And then demons start to infect. It's kind of like... Because, see, demons and zombies in a lot of these movies kind of similar, Yeah. but they're possessed by these demons, and when they attack other ones, they get possessed as well. Gotcha. So. And it has this weird thing. It's Italian, so it's weird. Oh, yeah. Um, if you've never seen Italian horror films, do yourself a favor. It's gory, and it's weird, and the music is very prominent. Yeah. Uh, Goblin actually does some of the soundtrack in this. Yeah. And the only way most people in the States have heard anything by Goblin is going to be the original Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. They did the whole score for yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, and so it's... The ending is super weird. I'm not going to say I don't even remember it myself, yeah. so I'm going to watch it. I, I will watch it again this yeah, year. Yeah, you really should. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. What I do remember, uh, the music nerd that I am, I remember when the film starts in the movie, mm-hmm. within the movie, yeah. that yeah. one of the first songs that plays as the film starts is a song by Motley Crue mm-hmm. called Save Our Souls, one of the better songs from Theater of Pain. Yeah, because that's in the movie that they're watching in the movie there's these kids that go to this like ruined i think it's a cathedral that they're looking at right. and they find the mask in the same mask that's in the theater lobby they find it in this place and one of the kids in the movie starts to become a demon and then one of the girls is like i saw that mask outside i think we should probably go yeah and then all hell breaks loose fun speaking of which let's turn it up here this is motley crew from the movie demons and the album Theater of Pain. This is Save Our Souls.
there you go. Once again from 1985. What a great year. Yeah. And a great year for horror, apparently. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to say. Like, uh, I think a lot of these songs that we're doing are from the 80s, and that's just a testament to like how much music was integrated into the the horror movies at the time. Yeah, the film really itself. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, think about all the big soundtracks of the 80s. Yeah. You know. But I did find out. Just talking about demons. One last thing. Uh, they released a Blu-ray of Demons and Demons 2. Demons 2 is really good, really? but it's not as good as the first one. Okay. Um, is there a twofer? Uh, yeah. Ooh. And with included within that is a comic book of Demons 3. Wow. Like they did Demons 3 in comic books. So, so they never kind of shot like it, down. huh? Yeah, there is no movie. But Interesting. Yeah, That's so. happened with a few... I know the like some of the you know movies where the sequel is either way on hold yeah. or it doesn't get made. It, it goes graphic novel yeah. form. Uh, they did that. They've been doing that with Jurassic Park because yeah. it's like they can't get off their butts to do number four. Right. You know stuff like that. I've seen them here and there. It's like maybe I should get into graphics just to kind of live the sequel that I've always wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that's really cool, man. Can't get. Uh, they never did finish uh, Sleepaway Camp Four. <laughs> right. That's another fucked up series of movies. Yeah. Those are so cool. Like, yeah. the sequels are the most un-PC thing yeah, you could possibly see. Yeah. Dialogue-wise, and just some of the killings are some of the most foul things <laughs> yeah. I have ever seen in they, my life. They were trying to push the envelope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, if you've seen the movie and you've seen the last scene of the first movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a what a bar they set. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you have... We won't spoil the ending. A robot chicken will spoil the ending. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, Sleepaway Camp's basically, you know, it's kind of a Friday the 13th ripoff. But then it there's this massive, yeah. huge freaking twist at the end. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. So go go watch those two. We're giving you a lot of stuff to write down for yeah. your horror movie list this Keep Halloween. Yeah. So so stay on the ball. we got more to come. Now we're going to get into a, a couple of films that I can definitely talk shop about. And, you know, if you're a kid, you grew up in the 80s. God, if you didn't watch the Nightmare on Elm Street series, what was wrong with you? You had horrible parents if you didn't. <laughs> or maybe good parents. <laughs> ah, screw all that. Or at least they could leave you alone long enough to, like, you know, watch a just, friend's copy or yeah, something. <laughs> just turn away. It's like, I'm not seeing this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, great. And, you know, the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic. Yeah. It's it's really good. Even with the... I still think the ending's kind of dumb. The ending's dumb, but for the most part, the movie is genuinely scary. Yeah, I mean, there's great. some, like... Um, I'm not spoiling anything, but just talking about some scenes like uh, the girl, like in the body bag in the in the cl- in the school. Yeah, that is so creepy. Yeah, it's great. And yeah, so of course start with that one. Johnny oh, Depp. Johnny Depp's first yeah. ever film. Yeah. That's another thing. And I used to listen to Fangoria Radio on Sirius all the time, and they used to bring this up too. And I always thought about this. I always hated it when actors would break in with horror and then would completely turn their backs on the genre. Oh. As they and they never uh, they never went back. Depp is one of the few he guys back, yeah. that actually came back and has done stuff here and there. Yeah, and that's more than most anybody. Yeah. Oh, he's very. I mean, maybe not as much. Well, no. He. I mean, he did like Sweeney Todd. Um, it's not even just that. Like, I mean, you, you could point to some of the more thriller aspect yeah. of horror. Yeah. But hell, even just coming back to do the cameo in Freddy's Dead. Yeah. That's more than most people ever did. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and from hell, I like yeah, that's more of a thriller. I was gonna bring that up too. Yeah, from hell is good. It's, it's, uh, it's good. I hated the Ninth Gate, but uh, I don't. But yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, he's yeah. mostly in the thriller genre, but still, that's going back more than well, most people. Yeah, do. he kind of makes his bank on genre films at this point in his yeah. career too. Yeah. yeah, well, not the Lone Ranger. Yeah, com- and some of the Tim Burton comedy that's horror. What I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that all being said. 
we're actually going to talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Like I said, avoid two at all costs. It is it's so pretty terrible. horrible. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's comical when you think about it in a certain way. Yeah, and that's a whole other show. Yeah. We, we should do a whole movie podcast just on that on that movie. Right. But uh, yeah, go watch any Nightmare on Elm Street documentary worth its weight, and they'll talk about the hidden aspect. Of, yeah. Well, not so much hidden anymore no. of Nightmare on Elm Street too, but it's completely out of the closet. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, man, when people say best horror sequels, I know usually people automatically will say Aliens. And I kind of go, you know what? No, Alien is a horror movie. Aliens is an action but movie. Aliens is an action movie. Yeah. So when people ask me, I say the two best horror sequels, in my opinion, at yeah. least what I've seen, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and Friday the 13th Part 4. Because yeah, right. 4 is the ultimate cliche, but it gives you everything you want. Yeah. Great body count, nudity, <laughs> uh, crazy-ass ending. Yeah. That, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. And... You know, the first one is still the best, obviously. Right. But the fourth one is the second best, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But getting back to Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and they're still using, they still have good actors doing yeah. horror movies at right. this point. That's the other interesting thing. About yeah. it. You got John Saxon, Heather Leggenkamp is good in it. Right. But you got like your Patricia Arquette, your Lawrence Fishburne, so you got real yeah. actors. Yeah. And I know right. everybody's a real actor. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. But this thing still, I, I think a lot of it is because of the acting in it. Yeah. But I really like the this concept that they they put forward in Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah, I liked it. It was it's veering off into that that comedy aspect of it a lot more because Freddy is a personality now and yeah. he's got jokes. So. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has jokes yeah. at this point. But the whole thing about them institutionalizing the kids that yeah. are left over from Elm Street yeah. is a really cool idea. Yeah, and the whole syncing up and everything and. I won't spoil the, the, the whole plot about why it's called Dream Warriors, but yeah. uh, but hey, man, it got a great theme song out of it, in my opinion. Yeah. And I I mean, this video was in heavy rotation on MTV, so yeah, what a great commercial for that film at the time. Yeah. But hey, let's just enjoy it right here. This is Dokken with Dream Warriors.
that was Dokken with Dream Warriors, originally from the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors soundtrack, and also appeared on the back for the Attack record because the song did so well, they like kind of added it to the record oh, yeah. last minute. Eh, hell, why not, right? Uh-huh. It's their song. Right. But a uh, great video, too, because you'll actually see original footage shot with Freddy interacting with the band. Uh, and, I remember that. And there's yeah. actually some good, tasteful film to original footage aspect in it. Yeah. Uh, Patricia Arquette actually filmed some original stuff yeah. for it, too. So it's a really, really good horror metal video tie-in. One, probably the best, actually, because yeah. of, of that idea. Right. The fact that they really invested in the song. Right. So there you go. So check it out if you've never seen it. That's a YouTube for sure. Yeah. Moving on. But kind of not. We're going to Nightmare on Elm Street 4. <laughs> right. The Dream Master. Yeah. Rennie Harlan directed, and I gotta say, this is not going to be a popular opinion of most people that are really into movies, but uh, Rennie Harlan is like, I, I don't know what I want to call him. Hate to love, <laughs> but I always find myself more entertained by his movies than not. Yeah. I, he did freaking Ford Fairlane. Yeah. He gets a pass with me. Right. <laughs> But he may not be the best, but he's fun. He's yeah, stylish. Yeah, his stuff looks great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Dream Master is no exception. I think he actually came up with probably the most innovative deaths in the whole series. If you want to talk deaths, yeah, I, <laughs> waterbed. I like the theater bit. Yeah, the getting sucked into the theater thing. That was kind of cool. Yeah, but, but see, and this is getting to. I think this is kind of where we disagree about the Nightmare series. Yeah, probably. Is, it's getting so goofy. They have to go so like over the top with the deaths. It's like yeah. it's kind of it's veering way more into the comedy aspect. Yeah, with gore. So which but, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But right, I do like four because it's it's a complete like continuation of three. Yeah, I anybody do like that. that's left standing from three is in four. Yeah, and kind of get dealt with at some point yeah. basically but, I did like that yeah. but yeah I, I like that whole part about it and I thought the ending was kind of cool like I said the barometer for ending a nightmare movie the bar wasn't really high after right. the original so I kind of like the endings of 3 and 4 especially yeah. as far as how to do it uh, 4 actually I think might be the best one I don't know but I, I, I just have a soft spot for four. Maybe I saw it a lot. <laughs> Maybe so. But I like the way it looks, yeah. and it's a fun movie. Four is probably my third favorite out of the series. So, yeah. so they, they, me, yeah. me too. One, three, and four. Yeah. That, that, that's really all you need. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's little moments of good stuff here and there and some of the other ones after that, but not, not much. Yeah. So... And, and Freddy's Dead is just kind of weird and goofy. Yeah. I don't Even though it's a, it's a cameo fest, because yeah. Johnny comes back, Alice is in it. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne and Tom. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really weird, and they had the 3D aspect of it when yeah when 3D meant to have to stick everything towards the camera. Yeah, I hated that so much. <laughs> they did that in the Friday 3D as well. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Yeah. yeah, so not quite as blatant though. Yeah, but still using music on Nightmare Four, and this one wasn't as big of a hit or success as the Dawkins song, but I still think it's a really cool song. And uh, a one degree separation from Kiss here, talking about the Vinnie Vincent invasion. And even though this is the theme song to the movie, it's not even used remotely well in the movie itself. Yeah. You can hear it playing really quietly, like in the background, like in a diner scene. Right, yeah. Not even close. <laughs> but I still like the song, so we're going to play it. Right. And uh, a good movie video tie in, also, not as good as Dream Warriors. So. 
everything they tried to recreate from 3 just doesn't seem as good yet, but it's still watchable. That's what I'm going to go with here. <laughs> well, once again, I like the song. So you're going to hear it now. This is Love Kills by the Vinnie Vincent Invasion.
right, from 1987. From uh, I went. It's one of my favorites. To, it's okay, apparently. <laughs> it's, a, it's the eminently watchable Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four. Yes, the Dream Master. <laughs> that was the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, featuring Mark Slaughter on lead vocals there, the second vocalist for the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, and the last. <laughs> but that was Love Kills. I hope you enjoyed that. Full-length version, no single edits here on Rock Strikes 10. That's an inside joke. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, another movie. Uh, we, we got I, I got on a tangent talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so we went 86, 87. But we're going to go back to 86 just this once here, Chris, and talk about a movie where this is an anomaly in the horror movie metal soundtrack genre. The entire soundtrack was done by one band. And it's a movie called Trick or Treat, (laughs) and the band is Fastway. Now, Chris, do you have any memory of the Trick or Treat movie? Very vague memories of it. I've seen it a couple times, but wasn't the kid from um, Family Ties? Yeah, Mark Price, the guy that played Boner. No, no, you're, that's Growing Pains, but oh, okay. you're, 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 you're in the right genre. Okay. He's the guy that played Skippy. The, that's, the, that's what I'm thinking of. The yeah. nerdy kid, yeah. yeah. And so it was weird seeing him not being as nerdy. Yeah. But it's, and I think, I, I want to say the, the metal guy that he looked up to was named like Sammy Black or something yeah. like that. But all I remember is like Possession through the speakers and yeah. stuff like that. But Isn't Gene Simmons in it? And yeah, that's the thing is that all the DVD releases since the initial video release yeah. like everything DVD they put like Gene Simmons and Ozzy on the yeah. cover and just put their heads on it just disembodied heads on the cover yeah and Ozzy is in the movie for a good five seconds yeah. on television <laughs> and but Gene Simmons I will say if you put him on the box you should put like two other people from the movie on the box but he's like the second or third most important person in the film right he plays a local DJ that's friends with Mark Price's character, and he hooks him up with the records, and he just kind of helps him out, you know, like, hey, he at least has a friend, Right. Uh, he's kind of a misfit, but uh, Gene actually said that they offered him, and I'm pretty sure this is true, they offered him the part of the rock singer in the movie, but he actually said that he wanted to play the DJ, because he wanted to do his Wolfman Jack impersonation, and, you know. He's like, I think he may have seen the writing on the wall, like, yeah, this movie isn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me play a smaller role. <laughs> but, you know, it, it it's it's just kind of a goofy 80s movie. It, it's I, I can't recommend it. I can only recommend it, you know, if, you, if you're a big Gene Simmons fan, all I right. guess. Because other than that, if you're a Fastway fan, just get the soundtrack. You don't <laughs> need to watch the movie. This was kind of the last gasp in America as far as any kind of notoriety, but... Hey, let's just go ahead and put it on here. I think it's fun. So this is the theme song. I guess it would have to be from Trick or Treat because the song itself is called... (laughs) Trick or Treat. (laughs) Yeah, there you go, Chris. Thanks for doing the talk up.
All right, there you go. That was Fastway with Trick or Treat from 1986. Like I said, I can't recommend the movie, but, you know, like I said, if you, if you haven't seen it and you like your yeah. Gene Simmons... I need to watch it again, because I remember kind of liking it, but it, yeah. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So. Yeah, I have the DVD, so you can borrow mine. Right. So, remind me before you leave here today, Chris. Yeah. But moving on here, I'm going to play you something from 1987, a movie where I would definitely recommend the first movie in the Ghoulies series <laughs> over anything else in that series. Yeah. And, you know, Ghoulies is okay. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. Uh, if you want to talk about actors that made it and started in horror, uh, the famous person from the original Ghoulies, you know this one? No, it's been so long. Barishka Hargitay. Really? From Law and Order oh. uh, is in the original Ghoulies. Nice. <laughs> and one of the guys that was in, like, the first Police Academy was in it. Uh, I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm losing some of my cash files of 80s film right. knowledge as, as the days go on. But, you know, Ghoulies is all right. The the little, little imps that come out of the toilet. I think <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much uh, what I remember about it. But I remember, yeah, like Ghoulies and Critters and all those, like, little yeah. creature movies from that, around that time. Yeah. Uh, that's, of course, all Gremlins. Like, yeah. one that Gremlins money, yeah. you know, because yeah. Gremlins was so huge. Yeah. And but I tell you what, though, man, I like Critters a lot. I just recently watched the first Critters yeah. again, and I still like that movie. <laughs> it's the only PG thirteen like horror movie that I think is actually pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and two is just fun, stupid. I mean, come on, man. Uh, okay, you're getting me on a Critters tangent. All right, you did this. Hey. This is your fault, Chris. Hey. Critters two. This is how I recommend Critters two, and how I defend it. The kid comes back to town after his family moves away. You know, it's like, why would you want to stay in that town after all that shit? Uh He comes back to town, and then they start showing up again because all of a sudden someone found the eggs (laughs) from the second, from the the end of the first one, right? Uh huh. And it's Easter time in the (laughs) town, so the guy sells the eggs off to the Mm -hmm. pawn shop. They sell them off as Easter eggs. They paint the eggs up, and shit goes down. Why would you buy eggs from a pawn shop? I I don't freaking know. I think they kept kind of getting tossed around at different right. well not literally tossed around because they're eggs but like <laughs> different people started going I don't want these things let's give them to the church <laughs> and that's all you need right yeah okay watch Critters too, and the original Critters is better getting back to Ghoulies <laughs> this song <laughs> went a long way for this yeah this came from Ghoulies 2 Chris okay and I don't remember much about Ghoulies 2 but I do know that it takes place at a carnival and this is you know Little, kind of a creative plot, just like Critters 2. There's something here. Okay. And uh, this takes place all within a fun house in a carnival. Right. And the critter, uh, the critters, here we go, mm. the ghoulies start kind of showing up and killing people in the fun house, but people don't realize that it's not part of the act. <laughs> that their friends are dying? <laughs> well, they don't know the people that have been killed. Okay. The, the kids that are just coming up. in randomly, gotcha. you know, they just see shit yeah. out there. Right. And the guy's like, oh my god, help me. They're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that, that's nice. pretty cool. That sounds pretty fun. So, yeah. That's all I got, but, <laughs> right. but, but, but it's fun. I'll have to see if it's on Netflix. Yeah, check it out. I, I might have this too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah hit, let, let's go check out my DVD. Yeah, I know I've seen it. It's been a lot of these, some of these have been a long time. But I think, actually, in my opinion, this is one of the best songs from any horror film, especially in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So we're going to enjoy it here right now. From Ghoulies 2, this is Wasp with Scream Until You Like It. <laughs> nice. Come on in.
All right, from 87, that was Wasp with Scream Until You Like It from Ghoulies 2. And also, that song was so cool, they put it as a bonus track at the end of their Live in the Raw record. <laughs> so there's two places you can get that. That's probably the easier of the two. Yeah. Uh, we have two more songs to go in this part one, which the 80s are completely contained in this part, nice. Chris. Nice. It worked out well. Uh, talking about a movie called Prince of Darkness. John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. I really Chris. love this movie. Really cool. Yeah, it's 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 dark. <laughs> I watch it quite a bit. It's really dark. It's um, it has all this like sci-fi element to it yeah. and religion yeah, all kind of mixed together. Yeah. So because there's kind of like time travel kind of thing aspect to it, but then there's like the Prince of Darkness, which is the supernatural. But is he like, is he is it religion or is it science or what is it? You know, it's yeah. But it's really cool and really yeah. creepy moments. You were telling me earlier in the show, you just said on the show you went to that horror con a few years ago when you met David Naughton, right? Mm. Well, it was a comic con. Okay, Chris, but the same kind of thing. Horror con, comic con. Sorry, I didn't mean to confuse the two. But I I went to a horror con a few years ago, and I wish you'd have been there with me because you could have saved me a lot of embarrassment. Okay, so Tom Atkins from Halloween 3, Mm -hmm. the the cop guy or whatever guy with the mustache right i'm just gonna say he's a cop yeah he was a cop yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that <laughs> he was a pi pi let's go with that all right okay tom atkins hardened pi uh i went over and i saw him sitting you know at a table right not too trafficy, but you know everybody people were coming to him here and there yeah and i i you know i i'm at the point in my life which Kind of, kind of in the same boat. So like, not, not a ton of money. Right. And if, if you don't have a lot of money, then horror cons can be kind of weird because you yeah. just kind of walk around. And you, you, you stare at people. And, yeah. Uh, you don't want to get too close because they're gonna. Hey, you want a picture? Twenty yeah, bucks. Twenty bucks. Yeah. So you don't want to actually go up and talk to anyone because they're gonna try to sell you something. But yeah. you kind of want to talk to them because they're sitting right there. Yeah. I do kind of. I'm kind of a dick sometimes. I do go over and talk if I don't have any money or any money I'm gonna give them. Yeah. But it's like, hey man, you know, great job in that movie that you're still talking about <laughs> right 20 years later 20 years later 30 <laughs> years later I, you know it's weird hey i gotta say man if i was if i was a tom atkins yeah. and i could get work being at a horror con every weekend or every other weekend i would, I would do it with go, a smile yeah. on my face if i get paid to go there then yeah 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 totally i don't mind horror myself out a little bit at least on the at least in the sense of like selling photos and handshakes and shit <laughs> right anyway back to my story i went over to him and i said hey man because he was mostly he had Halloween three stuff out. Yeah. And I was like, hey man, you know, you know what I really liked? I liked, uh, I liked, or you know, I was like, I liked you a lot in uh, Prince of Darkness. Uh, yeah, he's not in that. And uh, yeah, because uh, you know, I wish, like I said, I wish you'd have been there because that yeah. was Jameson <laughs> Parker. But they do look alike, they don't do. they? Yeah. Uh, the guy that you're talking about from Prince of Darkness, yeah, they both have mustaches and they're both white guys. Yeah. But um, the same kind of hair. Yeah. Same kind of hair. Same kind of yeah. mustache. But. Here's how good I am sometimes. I tell you, I can lie really well if I don't know you personally. Right. I'm really good at it. You've seen me. Okay. Uh, he goes, I wasn't in Prince of Darkness. And you know what I did? Hmm. Oh, th- did I just say Prince of Darkness? <laughs> I, I've been Halloween 3, dude. You know, and then I went on about it. Yeah. But I was like, you know, we were, I was kind of, I, I ran to somebody that I knew there, and I was actually with them. Right. Like, hanging out, and I go... We were just talking about Prince of Darkness like five minutes ago, and that's that's why I said, it. "Dude, I'm 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 stupid. Don't and, oversell it." <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, you know, he, I don't know if he yeah knew that I was full of shit or not, but <laughs> it was so embarrassing, man. Yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> nice, nice one. Talking about Prince of Darkness. Right. And and you, you said it all. Really cool film. You should see it if you haven't seen it. There was a lot of that going on around that time. Late 80s, early 90s, we were getting into kind of biblical type stuff. Seventh Sign, yeah. Jacob's Ladder. You know, that was turning into a big deal. Yeah. Even it, Ghost had a, <laughs> you know, yeah. like they yeah. had the whole demons, you know, right. aspect in it too. Yeah, pulling so. it down to hell or whatever, yeah. yeah or so. at least the afterlife. It's interesting, but yeah, they, it's all in one time period that they kind of stick with that, right? Prince but, of Darkness, but yeah, I mean, it's but that's the best one. Yeah, it's like metaphysical, and Alice Cooper's in it as a bum that, I but I don't want to say what he does. Y- yeah, he plays Sorry, a homeless man. I almost said it. <laughs> and apparently, his his lead guitarist at the time, Kane Roberts, is is also one of the homeless. But I've never been really? able to spot him in it. But yeah. apparently, he was there for the day with him. But. I'm glad you brought that up because Chris, he does have a song called Prince of Darkness, which there's no soundtrack to the movie, mm. but he did put it on the Raise Your Fist and Yell record, and obviously it does get used at some point in the film. I, I know that I do hear it at some point in the film. Yeah. So that's why we're going to enjoy it right now. Here you go. The man, the icon, the great Alice Cooper. This is Prince of Darkness.
light He feels the truth He feels what's gonna be He spits on life He spits on God He spits on death for you and me Prince of darkness out there hope you enjoyed that and a great little part at the end there which is not common for the hard rock heavy metal genre at that time a little cool down part at the end i like it a lot a little minor chord action yeah. that was prince of darkness by alice cooper featuring kane roberts on lead guitar who if you can find him in the movie please let me know email us yeah one of my favorite i mean that that, that song is great but like one of my iconic song moments from that movie is actually the guy like pretty religious guy that starts to get kind of possessed by whatever's in the the church that they're in yeah and he just keeps singing amazing grace like all the time and really creepy and he looks like he's in pain he looks like he's about to burst into tears and scream at the same time but he's still singing and he's sweating all over the place oh so creepy nice go check that out i was talking to chris before we went on the air go uh, this is a free plug for these guys but scream factory company it's part of the shout factory imprint They've been putting out amazing horror Blu-rays like like for the last two years. But uh, Prince of Darkness is one of the ones they put out this year. So nice. go check it out. Uh, yeah, there's there's my plug. Go like them on Facebook and tell them Rock Strikes Ten sent you. Yeah. Maybe they'll send me some free stuff because <laughs> I could use a lot of free horror Blu-rays. <laughs> All right, yeah, please do that, friends of the show. Yeah, Moving I, on, the lo- obviously not scared of whoring yourself out. No, no, <laughs> no. Especially when it comes to free media that I will use as a fan. The last song of part one here, Chris, and this is a request, a direct request from you. I mean, you had a hand and definitely thumbs up in me for most of the stuff, but you sent me a message the other day saying we got to do this song uh, because it's a movie. I I don't remember anything about this. I'm pretty positive I've seen it, but I'm going to have to watch it again. This is talking about a movie from 1988 called Night of the Demons. Yeah. So what's up with Night of the Demons, Chris? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's one of my favorites. For, well, I've, I've said that about all, most of the stuff we've talked about, but honestly, I mean, I watch this one at least every Halloween because it takes place on Halloween, Halloween okay. night and the following morning. But it's basically really low-budget uh, high school kids in an old abandoned house. They get trapped and demons start possessing people. Okay. So kind of like going back to demons, but okay. completely different movie. This is right. American. Linnea Quigley is in it. Nice. She does show her breasts, and she does something to them that's really weird at one point. 
So, really? But yeah, I'll leave that as a teaser for you. That, that really it. is a teaser. <laughs> okay. But um, basically, uh, one of the, there's this girl, this creepy girl named Angela, and she invites these people to this old, I think it's an old mortuary, like this mansion that has like a, there's a, a crematorium like in the basement and everything, and it has this ghostly story to it. Okay. And nobody really likes her, but it's Halloween and she's creepy, so they all say, oh, let's go anyway. Yeah, okay. And they start getting killed, and ah. it's awesome. Okay. It's cheesy, the acting's terrible, the gore is, there is quite a bit of it. Okay. Yeah. Alright. All the guys are jerks. Every one of them, of course. I'm going to get into a lot of jerks when it comes to, we're talking about modern horror, but that'll be on part two, we'll save that. But you said there was a great song, and, you know, I, I... I've heard the song. I know the band. I was just like, wow, they they had no budget, but they got to use some cool music, apparently. Yeah. So you said Bauhaus, Stigmata Martyr. Yes. All the way back from 1980. And uh, so, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm about to watch Night of the Demons again, but this is going to be a bonus. Yeah, because the, there's a scene. They, they want to do a seance in the old house. And after they do it, stuff starts to go weird and they all kind of separate and they want to go make out over here and these other people want to go explore and make out over here of course they do <laughs> so it's left with <laughs> Angela who's in like this black wedding dress like with the veil and everything sure and this other guy who's he, he's the only one left so he's like alright well let's do something and she starts dancing to this song Stigmata Martyr and there's a strobe light and it he, it's really creepy and weird and the guy starts to get creeped out so right. imagine a woman in a black wedding dress, dancing in a strobe light in an old abandoned creepy mansion to the song. Alright, here it is.
That was Stigmata Martyr by Bauhaus from the 1980 record In the Flat Field, which pretty much the entire Bauhaus catalog, if you're just doing one of those haunted house parties, just, just buy that catalog, because right, that's yeah. all you need. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that movie, just one quick note, uh, Night of the Demons actually was, there were two sequels, Night of the Demons 2 and 3, and Angela, the girl that danced to this song, was in all of them. Uh, she's actually going to be in the Frightmare Weekend coming up in Texas nice. for, uh, this next year with Linnea Quickly. So I'm probably going to try to go to that. Um, but it actually got remade about, I want to say, three or four years ago, Night of the Demons. Yeah. It's really? terrible. Really? It's super awful. It's uh, There's a horror remake that's bad? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not all are bad, but this one is one of the worst. I can only point to two that I would really give any kind of endorsement to. One we're going to talk about on yeah. the next show. Tell you what, I'll talk about those we'll, both We'll get to that two. to the next one. Yeah, yeah. remind me. Um, but yeah, I think Shannon Elizabeth is in it, and Edward yes. Furlong. Speaking of people that get naked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, she didn't get naked in that one, though. Really? Yeah. It's a sin. <laughs> have to watch American Pie for that. Yeah. Yeah, we... It, yeah, she did a little thing called Playboy a while back. But anyway, oh, yeah. all that being said, I guess that's going to have to do it for part one, Chris. Yeah. We're out of the 80s. We're going to go into 90s and 2000s for part two. Yeah. So join us on the next one. Until then, please go to cnjradio.com, home of Rock Strikes 10, of course, and the flagship, the Wrestling House Show. Since I have Chris here, it's, it's definitely great that we talk about this. The WrestleMania House Show is in full effect, as we used to say back in the 80s. <laughs> and... Uh, we're doing them all, 1 through 30, with bonus shows in between eras. It's crazy. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you got to be listening to the WrestleMania House Show on the Wrestling House Show feed on iTunes. Yes. Go check that out. And, of course, the Synaptic, my good friend Randy Brown, a true alternative. Go check both of those out for sure. Something for everybody, and it's so true. So, yeah, join us on part two. We'll get right down to it. Till then, have fun. <laughs> Your mama's too And if you don't watch out I'm gonna thrill you too So my advice to you is to Stay ready Cause you know who's back Freddy You see my name is Freddy And I'm here to say I'll wrap you up and take you away If you feel like you're tired And ready for bed Don't fall asleep or you'll wake up dead yeah.